Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, Matt. Woo! Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Will. Valentine's Day 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my loving co-host, Matt hmm. Sheehan. <laughs> Matt, what's up? Just loving everything and everyone, Will. You know me. Speaking of love. Oh, go on. Okay. We, uh, I got an email today from my boss um, okay. that said... Is the gig up? <laughs> the, the headline or the subject line was Spartans Wire in iTunes Top 200. Hey! Or not Spartans hey! Wire. Sorry, Locked On Spartans in iTunes Top 200. Spartans Wire is my other job. Locked On Spartans in iTunes Top 200 for sports. Um, so that only means one thing. The iTunes algorithm needs some adjusting, Matt. Big time. Or, or... I stole a bunch of phones, downloaded our <laughs> podcast, and listened to them. If you want to know where I was today throughout the entire day, that's what I was doing. So glad um, it worked. Glad it paid off. I didn't check because I just don't check those things ever. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure it was like 196. <laughs> at, oh, in, tops at best, in that yeah. range. Um, but either way, it's really cool to know that you know. I we see the numbers. We know the numbers. We know. Uh, what the audience is and how it's been growing. Um, but it is cool to get that recognition and, and get that email from the boss and just sort of, you know, good job, good work, keep it rolling. Uh, and again, that's all thanks to you guys, the listeners, for listening, subscribing, telling your friends, spreading the word. Um, again, thanks so much. This has been uh, a wild, wild uh, week and a half here, wild 10 days. Uh, and it's been really fun doing all these shows uh, for the most part, Matt. <laughs> Oh, it's been fun lately. Yes, one hundred percent. And even even in the sad times, it's it's still to just get a lot of feelings off of our chest. So yes. yeah, it's it's nice. Yes. On today's show, we are going to uh, do kind of a mailbag thing uh, here in the first segment. Um, we're going to talk about expectations for Mel Tucker's first season and some staffing questions. Those are kind of the big uh, questions you guys had, and that was what we thought about. You know what we would talk about. So mm-hmm. it really worked out that that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to do basketball in segment three. We got to talk about this huge basketball game coming up uh, at the Breslin Center, Michigan State and Maryland. So we're going to do that on uh, segment three. In segment two, we will be joined by Darian Harris. Uh, Looking forward to that. Obviously knows the Michigan State football program pretty well. I would say um, so, yeah. And does a great job. He's done some media stuff uh, with BTN and local and Lansing. And always does a good job there. Really smart guy. Really good information. Uh, so we're going to talk to him, get his reaction to the coaching search and Mel Tucker. And then we're going to try to get him a job on the staff, Matt. <laughs> I'm all in on that, baby. Let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> we are going to be spearheading a online campaign for Darian Harris. Yep. Um, so he'll be joining us in segment two. And then, like I said, we'll get into basketball for segment three. So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, let's dive into these questions. You let's ready? Let's do some speculating, Will. Let's do it, baby. First question here is not about those things, but I think it'll be a quick answer. Matt Zahn asks, was this the between the fickle rejection, the basketball game, and the Tucker win? Was that the craziest three days of MSU sports that you can remember? Oh, man. It's it's up there. If it if it's not, it's up there. It's, it's right there. No, it, it has to be because very rarely does football and basketball intersect 
Yes. And when it does, it doesn't do it at the swing of emotions. It, no. It, it, you know, it just happened that. So, uh, yeah, I, I know that's a boring answer. Maybe prisoner of the moment. But, oh, boy, I'd be very hard-pressed to find a 72-hour span as yeah. brutal as that one. So In terms yeah. of just yeah. the up and the down, like, that was a wild 72 hours. Um, Let's never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one that is not related to staffing or expectations but I think is a good question. Uh, it's from Mitch Stewart. Uh, do you think Mel Tucker keeps the Phalanx for the defense entrance? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I know what he's talking about. Um, That's how I would pronounce it, yeah. Yeah, and, and that is, if you don't know, it's basically like a, a formation, a military formation that goes back to the Spartans. Um, where they lock arms and they're really close like that. And that's how, if you've ever been to the game, uh, or been to a game at Spartan Stadium, that's how they walk out and they play the music. And it's really great uh, way for them to come on the field. I hope so. I think there might be some new things started. Maybe there's, you know, how, I don't think anything to the level of PJ Flex row the boat. (laughs) No, (laughs) Um, probably not. But I think if Mel Tucker brings something a little bit different, uh, totally fine with that, but um, I hope someone says, "Hey, this is what they've done for defense." Um, you know, do you want to keep that? And I, I hope he he agrees to because I think that is such a just a a really cool way for them to take the field. I hope so too, but I would honestly put that at a coin toss. I could see him being like, "No, nope, I'm the man in charge now. I'm doing my own thing." And I could also say or see him being like, "Hey, yeah, that is pretty cool. Let's just go for it." So yeah, uh, hope so. Do I think so? I would probably lean on the side of yes, but only at 51%. Yes. There you go. Close yes. Um, from Nicholas on Twitter, should Tuck be a, be a C? I like how we're already in Tuck. We're Tuck. in Tuck mode. It's casual. We're cash. Um, should Tuck be a CEO type coach and go after the big OC and DCs or retain his guys and play their style of ball? Uh, Matt, why don't you take this one first? I get that obviously in the height of LSU winning the way they did and building the team they did and building their coaching staff the way they did that it is hot in the streets to do so however like he is a pretty proven defensive guy for sure mm-hmm. uh, going back to the Georgia days 10 years in the NFL uh, Ohio State had some success there I, I think he could still be like a defensive minded coach the way D'Antonio has um we all know that the reason things didn't work out is because he really didn't have anyone on the offense that was dynamic or anything like that. So, yeah, could, could he just go give the keys to some hotshot offensive coordinator? Well, with the giant salary pool that he has, sure, he absolutely can. But <laughs> he can. Uh, I, I think it's going to be hands off. But I, I still don't think I'd qualify that as like a CEO role, just because I think he mm-hmm. will have a heavy, heavy impact in the defense, and it's probably for the better, honestly. And it should be said, even for someone like Ed Ogeron, he mm-hmm. is, before he was a head coach, he was one of the most respected defensive line coaches in the country. It's why yeah. he got his jobs at LSU. It's why he got the job at USC as a defensive line coach. Like He was an awesome position coach. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, yeah, he's not muddling around with the offense. He's got his ideas and his identity, and we want to be tough, yada, yada, but he's going to hand it off to people who know more than him. So I think, you know, that, you know, Tucker's, his imprint's absolutely going to be on this team. I think you'll see it in a lot of similar ways to D'Antonio. Um, we've got some questions coming up about what they did at Colorado. I think he's not as married to the old school, we can win 13 to seven ideas of uh, conservative nature in playing football. Uh, I'll just say it that. And he's, he was at Alabama in the middle of 
um, you know, Les Miles was the offensive coordinator. We'll just put it that way. Or not Les Miles, sorry. Um, Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator at Alabama, while uh, Tucker was the associate head coach, defensive backs coach there. Um, so, you know, I think he's seen it work at that level. He seems like a guy, and he played in the Pac-12, saw the Pac-12 offenses, Oregon, going against UCLA. I, I don't think he'll be as conservative uh, on the offensive side of the football. Music to my ears. That's And everyone's ears, really. So We'll see. And really related to that, um, someone does ask here, where is it? Uh, well, I got, does Mel Tucker know how to run a jet sweep? And what type of offense did Colorado run last season? Jet sweeps uh, exclusively <laughs> is what they ran last year. Wow, funny you ask that. <laughs> so I haven't, I, I think I watched the Colorado-Nebraska um, game. It's probably all I saw of them last season. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just, honestly, before we got going here, flipping through that game a little bit just to get a feel. Um, so I haven't dug into it a ton. And that was like, what, week two, right? Uh, two or three, yeah. Yeah, so that's, things change. Um, they run out of the shotgun a ton. They run out of the pistol a ton. Um, they had a lot of spread formations, three wide receivers, um, not exclusively, but it just sort of their base uh, personnel, their base formation seemed like it was uh, three wide receivers. So they do, or they did, I should say, spread it out a little bit. Um, sorry, my voice is just failing me. Um, they spread it out a, a little bit and threw it, uh, threw it around. They ran zone, outside zone, inside zone, so... I'll have more for you on that next week for sure as I really dig in. And it's tough because we don't know who the OC is going to be. Uh, one just small yet. problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a one small thing. I would say so. Um, speaking to that, someone asks uh, about Brian Hartline, Matt. Okay. And we got, you know, just a question. What do you think of Hartline, the speculation about Hartline? Another uh, person, Bill G, asked who's going to be the OC. Um, so we, we got a few sort of questions uh, in that regard. Um, you and I have talked about this. I think we talked about it after the show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not buying Heartline uh, as OC because I don't think it makes a ton of sense for Brian Heartline to do that right now. I, I don't think he needs to do that. No, um, and the the bank of the Ohio State Buckeyes will match any offer sure. that is thrown his way as well from Michigan State. Most likely, I would put at like a ninety seven percent chance that they would just match whatever dollar amount uh, we threw his way. Yeah, and it's something where he is. Um, what's he making? He's making like a hundred thousand dollars, something like that. I thought it was like closer to like three or four. Uh, you know, he got. A, he probably. I'm sure he got a raise. Um, he was originally hired at a hundred thousand um, dollars, but he—I think he may have been under the crazy dude. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Mr. yeah, three, Smith. yeah, yeah. three forty-five. Oh, yeah. Once he got promoted to full wide wide receivers coach, there we go. So he could get a significant raise, but I don't think he's someone you're going to give a million dollars to to be your OC. Doesn't have play calling experience. Is still young, um, and he's in a spot where he's not really blocked by any uh, like Kevin Wilson's the other offensive guy at Ohio state. And Kevin Wilson has been around the block. He's been a head coach. He's older. He's like 60 probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian Hartland can sit right where he is, get a pay raise certainly. Um, And he's played in the NFL. Money's not a major issue for him. He's a recent, (laughs) you know, recently finished his NFL career. Um, And he could sit and be the OC at Ohio State in a couple of years, um, and he can propel that from, like you and I were saying, he can go from Ohio State offensive coordinator to head coach at Virginia, head coach Syracuse, head coach 
you know, that sort of Indiana, like a mid-level, solid Power 5 program. Colorado, even a school like that, kind of the Mel Tucker route, really. Um, He's easily in line for that. And you just you're set up for success at Ohio State year in and year out. So I don't see him as being like dying at the chance to be an OC just yet. And Ohio State can very easily make him co-offensive coordinator and give him increased responsibilities and an increased salary. If Michigan State were to pursue him, it's that would be easy for them. And he's such a great recruiter. They're going to keep him on board. The co-signed all that, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what Mel Tucker's going to do at OC. I really don't. Uh, I'm very interested to see how it plays out. Um, oh, there go my dogs. Oh, your dogs have some thoughts. On my it. dogs right. have some thoughts. Um, nice. Hopefully, they get quieted down soon. Oh, uh, Sparty Homer fans. asks, which current MSU football assistants, if any, do you anticipate Tucker to retain on the staff? How difficult work will it be for him to find quality replacements at this late date? Um, first That's part, a great question. Yeah. First part, honestly, I don't know if any, it's tough. And they, the mm-hmm. questions feed into each other because it's February 13th. If it was December, I would say like just the Ron Burton leaving as an example of like, okay, he's kind of moving on from everyone. Cause Burton's one of the first guys you keep. Yeah. Um, if you're going to like, Hey, stick around, you know, you know, this team you've, you've recruited well, you've done a great job. Um, yes, he gets an increased responsibility and probably some more money from Indiana because he was just defensive tackles coach and just instead of defensive line coach. And maybe that mattered. Um, and he has Indiana ties, uh, Burton used to coach there, but I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't return a single, um, offensive assistant from the 2020 team or 2019. I also can't see myself losing a lot of sleep if that were to (laughs) unfold like that. No. Um, and some people have mentioned Harlan Barnett or can they keep Tressel around or what have you. It's really important to note uh, Mel Tucker runs a 3-4 defense, Matt. That's right. That's going to be perhaps the issue uh, yes. with keeping around um, uh, some of the defensive coaches. And Tressel, I we've talked about, he does a good job. I respect his uh, ability. We are running so long here. Yes. Um, um, but I don't think you know, it necessarily matches up. And he's someone who can get a power five defensive coordinator job um, pretty well and probably bring some people along with him, whether it's uh, Bulla or not, obviously not Burton, but um, defensive backs coach, something like that. Uh, you could see and I would say the same thing goes for Harlan Barnett. Uh, he just got fired because he didn't do a good job running the three, four at Florida state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So over under on coaches stain 0.5. What do you got over under? Uh, I, one person might stay. Give me over one person. Give me over and give me, I don't know, Bola sounds Chuck like a Bola. nice name to yeah. stay. Yeah, Chuck yeah. Bola. Keep um, the Bola name inside the house. All right, last thing here, and we got to stop because we are way too long, but I don't really care. Okay. Uh, expectations for next season. Uh, if someone asks if they don't make a bowl game, are you going to be hitting the panic button? No. Um, I will say here's what I'm sort of looking at. There's got to be a combination of some sort of optimism between on-field and, and recruiting. If Michigan State goes 5-7, and seven, but the recruiting class is 22nd in the country and 5th in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. we're going to be fine. Like, that fine, is maybe. a fine year one. Um, if yeah. they go 7-5 and five and pull in the 25th best class, or heaven forbid, the 20th, like, if they go 7-5 and five and pull in the 20th best class, that's, I think, getting off on a really solid start. 
Seven um, and five. Oh my god! Oh please, <laughs> just b- build a statue right there if he is seven Matt, and five. Matt is a very pessimistic person. Um, find me the seven wins. I mean, just find it's me a tough the, schedule. The, the seven wins on there. It's a, it's tough, a tough schedule. schedule. And like, despite the fact that this team just had back to back seven and six seasons, they still have lost a ton of talent from last season. This roster, this depth chart. Ooh boy, it's got a little bit to be desired. I. I don't know if there's any coach that could come in here and bring this team to seven or eight wins year one. And if there is one, I think he resides in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not really holding out hope for a bowl I'll game just, this I'll season. S- I'm sorry. I got to say that. Be negative during this week of positivity. But, no, man, fine. yeah. Nick Saban went 6-6 six and six in his first year at Alabama, Matt. Alabama, he went six and six, and I'm not heard of them. comparing Mel Tucker to Nick Saban, but first not year results, no, first year results can be misleading. Um, play well, play hard, be uh, something that the fans can take pride in. Do a good job recruiting, take steps in the right direction in the areas that that money, that salary, that assistant salary, the facility strength program make strides in there on the field, off the field, so it looks like all right. I see the building path here. I see the future. This team can win eight games next season. Sort of that kind of thing. That is what I'm looking for most. It's not, you know, if they go totally five watch. and seven, yeah. I'm not losing my losing any sleep over it. Now, if they go two and ten in the recruiting class is 40th in the country, come back to me. Then then I'll take the panic button out of the closet and just <laughs> neatly place it on the table. Yes. Very, very close to me to press, but I don't think I'd even press it then. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you got you to give this guy time. You got to give him three, four years, and then yep. that's when he's going to be graded. I know it's a very boring answer. I know that we love to have definitive results. Believe me, I, I love them too. But man, with what is left in the cabinet and the time that Tucker's starting all this, ooh, boy. Yeah. I, six and six, pinstripe, I mean, quick lane bowl. That, that might as well be a New Year's Six Bowl might for as well. MSU next year. Uh, we just did an 18-minute first segment. We're going to come back with Darian Harris uh, after this quick break. Holy crap, Matt. Yeah, whoops. All right, we are super excited to be joined now by former Michigan State linebacker Darian Harris. Matt, we've never, like until these last two days, we never had uh, any former players on or anything like that the last two days. Benny Fowler and now Darian Harris. We are swimming in it, my man. Darian, thanks so much for making time for us. How you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's hard to follow up, Benny. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a hard act to follow. You know, I just I've just read his book last weekend. Finished it last weekend, and I'm gonna see him uh, Friday and Saturday, or Saturday I'll see him at the book signing. So yeah. incredibly proud of him and uh, what he's able to do with that. The book is phenomenal. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, it's a phenomenal book and couldn't be more proud of him. Yeah, another plug for that, Dar- or not Darian, uh, Benny will be uh, doing a couple of book events at Michigan State around campus uh, this weekend, so check that out and check out his new book if you're interested. Matt, did you have something you wanted to ask Darian off the jump here before we got into football talk? Oh, God, if there was, I certainly already <laughs> forgot it. Um, that, that, that's for sure. God, I'm already liability in this interview, Will. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll remind you after. Um, yeah. Just, Darian, take us through um, your experience watching this, someone who is certainly invested in the Michigan State program, watching the coaching search play out and how it ultimately ended up with Mel Tucker. Just what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting uh, position, I think, for everybody to be in, especially 
uh, I think us as, as a younger generation, you know, in a social media era, um, and specifically the fact that we haven't gone through something like this before with, you know, with, with our program. You know, mm -hmm. uh, obviously there's a lot of passionate Michigan State fans and faithful out there, and we love that. Um, but for the last 13 years, everything football and basketball-wise, uh, women's basketball as well, volleyball, yeah. I mean, everything has been, been pretty pretty stagnant. I mean, everything has been uh, pretty solid. You know who's going to run out of the tunnel or the um, locker room every time. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, you, you get comfortable, obviously. You relate to these these people. And then when there's change, uh, it gets difficult. So nobody likes change. Change is very difficult to deal with. And I think that's what we saw over this past uh, week and a half was trying to figure out how to deal with change, which is the toughest aspect of this. But we're, we're at the finish line of it. You know, we got a new guy <laughs> in there who I think can do a phenomenal job. Um, and, and we weathered the storm. That's always been what Michigan State is about, weathering the storm. And uh, so I'm glad that we're back. We're now on the other side of that. It was definitely some trying times, um, but I, I think we're in good hands. And speaking of a lot of change going on right now, a guy that also stepped away too into retirement is Ken Manny. Now, I have yet to hear a single bad thing about Ken Manny. <laughs> what, what on earth made him such a popular guy, especially inside the locker room with all the players? Oh, yeah, he was the best. I mean, truly, truly the best at what he did, um, how he cared about us as, as players. Uh, he, he wasn't, you know, you know, when you think strength coach nowadays, I think you think cheesy and cliche and, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't, doesn't work hard, that type yeah. of stuff. <laughs> he wasn't like that. He, you know, he gave us, um, you know, he had quotes, but he gave us meaningful quotes, you know, stuff from – MLK, you know, life's most persistent and urgent questions. What are you doing for others? That became my favorite quote because of Coach Manny. Um, and as you got older uh, in, in the program and matured in the program, you truly realized how much he cared about us um, as he was trying to kill us every morning and every afternoon <laughs> in workout. And um, it just, I mean, he, he's truly like that, that grandfather figure um, that everybody loves and praises. And, I mean, he, he just, he's unbelievable. I mean, he was unbelievable at his job. Um, his job was to develop young men, and uh, he was unbelievable at that. I don't think there's anybody like him. And, uh, you know, Coach D's retirement, obviously, was a difficult pill to swallow, but, but this one this one hits a little differently. Uh, coach Manny was the coach we saw the most from the moment we stepped foot on campus. Uh, he was the one that took us through what he liked to call the de-recruitment period, where, <laughs> uh, you know, every other assistant coach is telling you how good you are. Uh, when you're on your recruiting visit and, and Coach Manny says it's his time, uh, you go in the weight room, you shut that door behind you, and you're not sure uh, uh, how you're going to come out of there. So he gets it to you straight. He lets you know where you can put those stars that you have on rivals and 247 sports and all that type of stuff. Um, and that's just, what, again, what makes him the best of what he did. Yeah, that's a really unique uh, and sort of special and different relationship than, like you said, you usually get with an assistant coach. It's just let's break you down and build you back up. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious, as someone who's a former captain, linebacker as well, what did you make of uh, Antoine Simmons, uh, what he said during Mel Tucker's press conference? I thought he did an unbelievable job. Um, it's, it's not easy, uh, I think, as all of us know, to get up in front of a crowd mm -hmm. and, and speak straight off, of the, off, off the top of your head. Um, but to go up there, you know, with, with no prepared speech, and you're looking out in front of your new head coach, Coach Izzo's in there, the board of trustees, the president of the university, the AD, for him to go up there and, and get that done was special. Um, he, he is a special player. He's fun to watch. You know, he plays my exact position, so we have a, a very good and special relationship in that. 
Um, I think everybody that's played that star linebacker position has a has a really good relationship. So I look at him as a you know as a protege, as a younger brother, as I did with Andrew Dowell as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I mean the future is the sky's the limit for for Antoine Simmons. You know he's going he's going to be a captain this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that, which makes me you know proud as well. Um, it'll be the the third time that in the past you know uh, about seven, eight years that somebody from the star linebacker position is a captain, you know, myself and Chris Norman as well. So that's really important to me because um, that, that position is obviously important to me. It was my bread and butter, and you're always going to gravitate to the people that play your position. So I th- think you did a great job. I think he does a great job day in and day out representing what Michigan State football is about, and I can't wait to see him in his senior season. For sure. And obviously, uh, you're still pretty plugged into the program. Whether it's current players or former players, have you talked to anyone inside the program, outside the program, about the either the D'Antonio departure or the Mel Tucker hiring? And have you gotten any feedback from any current players or any former players that have any uh, strong opinions on, on it one way or another? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's just kind of taking it in, in stride. I mean, I have a group chat with a lot of my former teammates, and obviously gotcha. we're going to talk day in and day eight, day out about, um, you know, about everything that pertains to Michigan State. So um, I think everybody's just is excited that we, we landed a guy that has a really good pedigree and it's kind of a, uh, a now let's just wait and see, let's be patient type of deal. I think a lot of people are still, you know, dealing with the fact that our, our family in terms of Coach D and Manny and all of them are retiring and mm-hmm. other coaches are moving on and finding, have to find other opportunities, which is, Tough pill to swallow, um, I think, for a lot of us. So it, it's hard to uh, kind of gauge that and and realize that the Michigan State that we knew um, is going to look a little bit different the next time we walk in that building. You know, it's just that's the nature of the beast. That's how it goes as a former player. Um, so you know, we we've talked. Um, I think again, everybody's uh, excited about the, the possibilities in the future, and uh, it's kind of just uh, all right. Let's let's see what happens from here. Darian, what do you think is needed to uh, sort of get this program back to the level it was when, uh, basically when you left, the, that three-year run uh, of success is kind of unprecedented, and then we saw the little dip and downturn the last few years. What do you think is necessary? There's been certainly um, a lot made of uh, Coach Tucker's salary, his assistant pool, how much he's going to be able to play, uh, pay players, or not players, <laughs> pay assistants. Um, an investment in strength and conditioning, just you know, building up facilities. What do you think is necessary to get this program back to the heights that it knew just you know four or five years ago? Just belief, belief in the system that's put in place, uh, belief in in the fact that we are a national powerhouse, and belief that we can get back to that back to that level. I mean, that that's all it took for us. You know, it wasn't any any type of uh, magic or, or voodoo put put over the program. Um, obviously we went, you know, ax to the grind, nose to the grind and recruiting and, and found a lot of diamonds in the rough and nobody came in with big egos and, you know, it was truly, uh, built on belief, uh, that, that we could get the job done and that we were going to get the job done and, uh, the hard work, um, you know, passion in, in the weight room and, and, and out in winter workouts and the summer workouts and then just leadership, um, senior leadership, you know, coach D always said the seniors have to have their best year in order for the team to be successful. That that's truly um that that that's very true. Uh, I think that that's been um it's it's been missed in the past few years because there just haven't been a lot of seniors. I mean you look at the twenty sixteen class, you know, you're down to like five guys by the time you hit this year. You just you can't it's hard to have success as a program with not that many seniors versus us in fifteen. We had like twenty five seniors or something like that. So even if everybody's not playing um necessarily, it's just that leadership that that 
having been around the program for years, uh, it resonates. It goes a long way. So I'm looking forward to that being the case um, and looking forward to Michigan State getting back to prominence. And Darren, you were a, obviously a great player at Michigan State. You do a fantastic job in the broadcast booth on Big Ten Network during the spring games whenever you're on Big Ten Network. You just do a fantastic job. So naturally, let's just start going all in here on the coaching thing. But before we do that, do you want to coach? Is this something that you're interested in? Is this something you've been interested in for a while? Or, what? I mean, just what are your thoughts before we just go all in on Darian Harris? Coaching staff? <laughs> yeah, no, no, for, for sure. <laughs> um, it, I definitely do uh, want to coach, and, and I can only see myself coaching at Michigan State. Um, in, in terms of the collegiate ranks, you know, it's it's something that I think I came out of uh, MSU and then out of professional ball and and didn't necessarily think I wanted to do. I was having a lot of fun with broadcasting, still have a lot of fun with broadcasts. But then I started dabbling in it a little bit. I got really involved with the Legacy Organization, uh, which is skill and development camps and, and seven-on-seven league out of Brighton, Michigan. It's probably the biggest and in, in, uh, really in the Midwest, almost in the country in terms of skill development. And I started running the uh, – you know, the, the linebacker uh, development for, for Legacy. I've been doing that for the last three years and uh, had a lot of fun doing that and will continue to do that. Uh, and then this past season was the first year I got back on the sideline at Wald Lake Western where, uh, you know, Cody White um, and, and Spencer Brown went. And we had a lot of success um, on the field, but the way I was able to impact players uh, in terms of off the field and and teaching them the importance of, of having success off the field and academics and things of that nature was what I was really looking forward to being able to do, was have that impact uh, with youth um, in terms of off the field and things of that nature. Um, and obviously with off, on the field stuff, getting back into game planning and, um, and, and, and winning games, that was exciting. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that, that brings me the most joy is, and the thing that I think I'm the best at is communicating information and watching somebody be able to process that and then output it back on the field. Um, I think some of the hardest things for, for former players to do when, when they coach is realize that not everybody's going to have the same athletic ability that you were blessed with. Um, I think I have a really good realization of that, so I don't expect everybody to be an all-state player or have a bunch of D1 offers. But if I can take a player and make them reach the, the max of their potential that they personally have, um, then that means I'm doing my job. And uh, I thought I did a great job this past year, and now I want to continue that uh, with this new regime at Michigan State. So what's the process for this? I, I Matt and I have no idea. Is There's not like an application. Do you call somebody? Like, <laughs> it, Can we get a hashtag trending? What what can we do? What can Spartan Nation do to help with this, um, get the attention of somebody? Uh, obviously, they know you. There's still people within the program, within the athletic department who know you and know the work you've done. What do we do? What is next from here? Yeah, it's, it's all new for me, too. You know, I've definitely, uh, you know, spoken to a couple people about the possibility of this happening and what I need to do to make that happen. Um, I'm definitely humbled by uh, Spartan Nation and the, the support that, that you all have shown me, um, you know, throughout the process of trying to get me back into the building, which I think <laughs> is great. Um, I mean, I you know, I, I'm not sure how much of that makes a difference. I mean, obviously, we're talking about um, – uh, a very high level D one program. Yeah. And, and like I said, a new regime, you know, it's somebody that I've never even met before that's running the show there now um, and wants to bring in the people that he feels comfortable with. So, um, you know, I, I think that the, the, uh, the outcry is great, you know, that can continue for sure. And that definitely not saying to turn that off. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's just going to come down for me getting an opportunity to sit in front of coach Tucker, uh, present him with, with my plan, tell him who I am, 
and uh, let the chips fall what they may, you know, and I'm hoping to get that opportunity really soon. Um, and if not, you know, obviously I'm still going to, to continue to coach at the high school level, which I had a great time doing, you know, was a uh, inch away from playing at Ford Field and for a state title in my first year back on the sideline. So that's going to continue to grow. Um, you know, I coach a legacy, you know, every Saturday uh, throughout the year right now. So we're in the middle of our big seven on seven tournament. I still coach the Lansing team, even though I live in downtown Detroit, just because I have ties to those kids and, into that community. I didn't want to leave them uh, behind and coach, you know, a team closer to Detroit. I wanted to stay um, involved with my Lansing roots uh, there and, and what that city means to me and that area of ball means to me. But uh, I definitely think I could bring a lot to Michigan State's program, and I'm looking forward to getting that opportunity. Let me just take this time. Mel Tucker, I know you're not listening. I know you don't know me, don't <laughs> care about me or anything. It is not a coincidence that the 2015 team, uh, the 2014 team, those teams, the those years accomplished so much. And Darian Harris was a senior captain for the college football playoff. That that is not a coincidence. If you don't want to take it from me, ask anybody whose opinion you value around the athletic department. Uh, Darian, thanks so much for making time for us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Great insight. Um, and whatever the future brings you, we hope you get a chance to sit down and actually make a run at this. It'd be really cool to see you on the staff. Um, but either way, we know whatever you're doing, you're going to continue to be successful at it because it seems that's all you know in life right now. It's just grinding <laughs> out success after success, and that's really cool to see. So thanks again for uh, making time for us, and we'll hopefully catch up with you uh, down the road. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. In time. All right, thanks again to Darian for joining us there. Matt, we are going to have to do this next segment in five minutes, okay? Can we do it? Yeah, that's fine because I am so scared about this game coming up that I don't know how much I can actually say. But uh, um, sorry, you got a liability on your hands this segment, Will. Maryland's really good. Michigan State is projected to win this game by three, according to Ken Oh, Palm. my God. Are they really? 63% chance of victory. Michigan oh. State is ranked ahead of Maryland in adjusted efficiency, Matt. Jesus. Oh, my God. I was... I, I, Whenever I watch Maryland, whenever I just tune in, I just, whoo I have two dates circled down. It's February 15th and it's February 29th, and I just shudder thinking about those because Maryland, I hate to say it because I love slandering them earlier this season when they kept losing on the road. Well, they finally look good no matter where they play recently. They've won seven straight. Um, they're 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten, and hadn't really been impressing anybody. They had lost to Seton Hall, and Seton Hall didn't even have um, Miles Powell. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they were kind of struggling, and then they have just started ripping off wins. I will say this, close win against Purdue, closer than you should be against Northwestern, beat Indiana by one, you know, 10 points over Iowa's solid, Rutgers by five, uh, Illinois by nine. That was a really nice win by them. They just beat Nebraska by two at home, they have been winning, but they've been playing some really close games, Matt. Winning, but not covering. That's winning, but not covering. Good teams win, great teams cover. So uh, They're led by Anthony Cowan, the point guard, senior. He's a good player. We know all about him. Jalen Smith's taken some steps this year. He is the one I am most scared of. Yeah, he's 6'10", 225. It might be a Marcus Bingham game. Um, this kid, I mean, he shot 26% from three last year. He's shooting 39%. This year, he's up to 59% on two, 76% from the line. His free throw rate's huge. He's got a really good block percentage. He's uh, really an efficient player on offense. 
Um, his rebounding numbers are really solid. Great defensive rebounder, solid offensive rebounder. He is someone who is a big, skilled, long, athletic kid um, who can do a lot of things. But yeah, he can also have games where he shoots it too much and doesn't score enough and you just got to kind of hope for one of those. He hasn't had a super bad game in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, he scored 11 points on 12 shots against Illinois, um, which, you know, they didn't end up needing him that bad, but he's just been really solid, consistent, good player for them. And I would assume that Tillman is going to be the guy on him most of the time. Of course, you're going to want to spell him with Bingham as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Tillman, my man, has got to stay out of foul trouble, that really hasn't been a problem this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know that's always in the back of my head when you have a guy like that and the one spelling him Bingham. Because I mean, no, if, it's not anything <laughs> against Kissy or Marble. They, they just can't probably the defend size. the perimeter as good as yeah. those two guys can. So, so yeah. Maryland has the number 39 offense, number five defense. They're um, really good at making teams miss. Um, they don't force turnovers. They're okay on the defensive glass. They don't foul you, which is really, really important. If Michigan State can get to the free throw line a little bit extra in this game, that'll be huge. Offensively, they are a bad shooting team, flatly. 247th and three-point percentage, 180th and two-point percentage. Um, they are saved because they don't turn it over too much. They're okay at turnovers. They do a pretty good job on the offensive glass and they do a pretty good job getting to the free throw line. So they're just kind of solid in three spots and that buoys them and they really ride their defense a lot, um, to victories. A win for Maryland's probably going to keep like, if this game stays in the sixties, Maryland needs to really keep this in the sixties. If they get hot and shoot it really well which they did against Indiana, that was an insane game. Two terrible shooting teams just knocking down threes. Right. Then, yeah, they can get into the 70s, but like they beat Rutgers 56-51. to 51. They beat Purdue 57-50. to 50. Um, You know, scored 49 against Iowa, scored 54 against Wisconsin, uh, scored 48 against Seton Hall. They have the ability to throw out a clunker, um, but they've also held teams that held Purdue to 50, like I said, Um you know, held Illinois to 66, held Illinois, or Rutgers to 51. They can really lock down defensively um, and are a top five defense in the country. I'm still frightened for this game, Will. I'm sorry. There's nothing you could say in between now and 6 p.m. Saturday. Oh, that's fine. That, that, that is going to yeah. ease any of the willies I have going into this game. So um, they're let's evenly, do it together. They're evenly matched. They have contrasting strengths, contrasting styles. Um, Michigan State's a little bit more balanced and, um, you know, they both rely on their point guard a lot. They both rely on their best or post player. And then after that, it's a bunch of talented players who are sometimes there and they're, everyone's great. And then sometimes they're not there. And it's like, holy crap, are we going to score 50 this game? Um, so two really good teams. I think the two most talented best teams in the big 10. Um, and if Michigan State wants any hope of winning the conference, Matt, uh, it's got to be steps taken on Saturday. Absolutely have to have it. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Locked on Spartans. Thanks so much for listening. Sorry for basketball that we just, it's been tough, but we will, as this Tucker stuff kind of spreads out, we will certainly be spending a ton of time on basketball here the last few weeks of the season heading into March. So thanks so much for listening. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back on Monday with new episodes of Locked on Spartans reacting to this Maryland game and any coaching news over the weekend. I think we might have some hires by then in terms of assistance. So, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening all week. Matt, take us home.
Go Green Baby. Let's have ourselves a great weekend. Woo! Pumped. Pumped. Scared, but pumped.